fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. It is a Thursday, your free Friday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. You see the light at the end of the tunnel. We are having way too much fun all week long, and it's great to have you join us like you do every single day broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in wichita kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country on radio tv live streaming and podcasting wherever you may be watching or listening at your millennial general doing the thing like we do every single day although we have our cognitive ability i don't know as much as so many other people do here in this nation and people that are in the limelight right now joe biden how you feeling today buddy how you, you feeling good clear yeah I'm not going nuts. Making sure, making sure, because right off the bat today, we have a lot to get to. Uh, Jeff Brain, he is the president and CEO of Clout Hub. We'll talk about social media, as Clout Hub is a social media site you can join. We'll talk about social media, Elon Musk, what the future of social media may look like here coming up in just a couple of minutes. But before we do that, I know it's your favorite segment we do on this show all the time. Let's get into the Biden basement. What do you say? Yeah, yeah. Let's go into the Biden basement. So, Joe Biden, today speaking at a press conference that lasted no more than about 15 minutes, talking about the latest out of Russia and the Ukraine, said this because, heck, he needs more funding. In addition to this supplemental funding, I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package of, uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their take their, their ill-begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. <laughs> We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, yeah. Kleptocracy. And klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> But these are bad guys. These are <laughs> these are bad guys. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the leader of the free world right now. This is why we're in so much trouble. The Biden basement getting worse and worse. He can't do a 15-minute press conference right now. The bad guys. We're going to put more sanctions on the yachts and all the rich guys in Russia. And the, uh, the, the what do you say? What, what was that again, Joe? What was in that addition again? to this supplemental funding, I'm also sending to Congress a comprehensive package of, uh, that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and mm-hmm. make sure we take their take their their ill-begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. We're going to seize their yachts, their luxury homes, and other ill-begotten gains of Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, uh, the what? The, yeah. What was that? Yeah, yeah. Kleptocracy and klep- the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> <laughs> but these are bad guys. I hate making fun of people like that because we used to do, a lot of people used to do that during the Barack Obama administration. And it was dumb because, you know what, you make gaffes. I'm on the radio all the time. I don't have my show scripted. So, of course, I make little gaffes. I'll lose track or I can't say a certain word or I can't think of a certain word. That's my biggest annoyance is not being able to say a certain word or think about it when I'm going on the fly here. But this guy, man, this guy, he's reading a teleprompter. It's right there in front of you, dude. And yet you can't say it. 
he you could tell as you went through the entire press conference as well that it really wasn't just the words that he was stumbling with that he didn't know what he was saying the lack of emphasis on certain words the lack of reinforcement of certain things trying to repeat himself because he was literally just the drone the mindset the zombie reading the teleprompter and i hope congress i hope congress will move on this funding quickly i believe they will i want to thank congress democrats and republicans for the support of people of ukraine and next week, I'll be in Alabama to visit Lockheed Martin plant that manufactures the Javelin anti-tank missile we've been sending to Ukraine. And to thank the American workers, thank them for producing thank the weapons that help stop Russia's advances in Ukrainian <laughs> cities like Kiev. Gotta thank them. Yeah, what are we thanking them for? Making these anti-tank missiles. Okay, cool. That's great. Uh, you just broke right in the middle of your entire speech about how we need to f- do this bill with some more funding to the Ukraine, which can we just admit that we should just get involved with the war at this point? We have sent so many billions of dollars over there, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. You know, of course, we need to help Ukraine as an ally and stop a crazy communist like Putin that's, you know, doing really dumb, horrible, terrible things. Yeah, we need to stop him, but we've sent Billions upon billions of dollars, and we're running out of money. We're just printing random cash now and sending it over there for no apparent reason. And the war's not over. He's starting a second wave right now, and he's going to go in the middle of that speech to say, hey, Republicans, Democrats, let's get along, let's get together, let's pass this bill to help support our allies with the Ukraine to stop Russia and the crazy communists wanting to go and murder and slaughter a whole bunch of people because God told him to do so, apparently. And let's do that. He stops that and says, by the way, I'm going to be in Alabama to thank the workers. To thank them. Come on, man. That's what we have as a leader right now. Now, what does the bill actually do? I don't even know other than just spend a crap ton of money. And he said it's going to help us here domestically. So outside of him not even knowing how to pronounce words and say things, what does the bill actually do? Help ease rising food prices at home as well. Oh, really? And abroad caused by Russia's war in Ukraine. It's going to help support American farmers produce more crops like wheat and oilseed, which is good for rural America, good for the American consumer, and good for the world. And this supplemental request will use the Defense Production Act to expand domestic production and reserve and the reserve of critical materials. So let me get this straight. We're going to use the Defense Production Act to send more ammunition and tanks and missiles and everything that we need to over to the Ukraine to help them fight Russia. Okay, fine. But then we're also going to use it for certain grants and certain money to the agricultural industry here in the United States because we have a food shortage. Now, the last I heard from the U.S. Department of Agriculture and from the Biden administration is that while prices may go up, we don't have a food shortage here in the U.S. because we're still exporting. In fact, looking at what's going on internally from the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the FDA and every other agency and administration, see, I feel like Joe Biden there right now, see, Uh, that right now we're trying to find more places to export our things as we go into planting season for many farmers all over the country. We're exporting more, but yet we need more government assistance to help them plant more. I understand aiding farmers in agriculture, like totally get that, but we're centralizing more power, we're printing more money, we're causing more inflation. That's just a really, 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 really stupid idea, but yet the Biden administration doesn't know anything else to do. They really don't. They are out of ideas, ladies and gentlemen. They're gone. They're done. They have nothing left 
up their sleeve. They have no more arson of ideas. They have no more plans or strategies. They're done. Biden is tanking in the polls. Kamala Harris is tanking in the polls. Democrats all over the country are tanking in the polls. And they don't have a platform to run on with no successes in a year, two years of an administration. So what do you do? As you try to create some, and that really comes down to Democrats wanting to spend more money, which is going to hurt them in the long run, obviously, because inflation's already 8.5%. Gas prices are already anywhere, anywhere between 4 to $7 across the nation. So it can only get more expensive, but they have nothing left. The media, they run out of ideas to boost their ratings. They go back to hating on Trump. Now they have Elon Musk, which is kind of the new Trump in the mainstream, to talk about how bad Elon Musk is by avoiding government things and being such a rich white guy, even though he's from South America originally. So could you claim racism on that one? I don't know. I'm scratching my head on that one. But he's from South America, so I guess you potentially could. But now they have their new straw man to attack. While they avoid Joe Biden and not report on what he's actually doing, while you completely ignore the economy doing uh, not doing well in any way, shape or form, because according to them, to me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. (laughs) Again, that was CNBC. Uh, What's his name? Jim Cramer. That idiot on CNBC. Yeah, the the, the greatest economic recovery that I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, buddy. You keep up that. See how well that works out when you're trying to preach to the average voter across the nation. It's sickening. So what do they do? They spend more money for the Ukraine to say that they're supporting Ukraine, which they're really not because they still have sanctions that aren't doing anything on Russia that don't even take effect for another month or two. They are avoiding putting sanctions on people that have paid the Biden family over the last few years. We have the Hunter Biden email that actually shows some collusion between them, the Biden family, and Russia and China with some other transactions that uh, could be bridging information and uh, things we're not supposed to be sharing internationally. So we have that going on, which is makes total sense why they're being lenient on Russia, but yet sending billions of dollars over to the Ukraine and not actually doing anything while they say that they're actually doing something. Then they brought up the fact that now... Over the next couple months, they're looking at potential student loan forgiveness here in the country, which, again, again, is spending more money because, again, they have no other plan. They have no other strategy. When it all comes down to it, Democrats, the only plan they have is let's spend more money and give more money away, give more projects away, give more programs away. That's it. Poof. And then everybody will be happy because we have more money in our pockets by stimulus payments from the government through Forced taxation and printing money that lowers the value of the dollar. Now, when someone who's desperate gets backed into a corner, that's when they begin to do desperate things. And that's where the Democrat Party overall as a whole is right now, is backed into a corner in a desperate state trying desperately to boost their ratings. Do we get rid of Joe Biden? Do we put Kamala Harris in? Do we find a new leader and get rid of Kamala and put Nancy Pelosi in? Do we try and put in Pete Buttigieg? What do we do with this situation that's gone sour right now? And unfortunately, anybody, whether it's a personal individual or an organization or a private business, when desperate people get desperate, they end up doing desperate things, which means they end up turning to a radical position. You see that with radical individuals, religious radicals or ideological radicals. When they're desperate, they're depressed, they're down, they're mentally ill, that's when the radicals find an opportunity to tag them along and get them on board. The Democrat Party as a whole is so desperate they've turned radical because if you remember... Just what? Not even a month ago, on the 1st of April this year, just less than a month ago, 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said, hey, if you want to win over an entire new generation of a voter base for the Democrats, Joe Biden, why don't you just forgive student loans? Well, I generally, I, I generally believe in universal policy, policies, so universal health care, um, and I believe that uh, universal policies in general is the way to go, but, you know, whatever... Uh, Whatever the, the, the president decides in the executive order is what he decides. But, uh, but this is squarely in his, in his jurisdiction. It actually doesn't take an act of Congress to forgive doesn't take an act of Congress to forgive student loans. She talked about this a month ago, saying if you want a voter base, this is how you do it, forgive student loans. Now, they were brushing it off. They were laughing at her because, obviously, she's a laughable kind of person. We laugh at her all the time. She's kind of the low-hanging fruit for us to make fun of because she's not the brightest crane in the box. But she said it a month ago. Get rid of student loans. Do the student loan forgiveness. You'll win over a new generation. You'll win over some new Democrat voters. People will love you. Now, a month later, when the polls haven't gone up, they haven't found a replacement for Joe. He's declining on a hourly or daily basis right now. Now they're talking about, hey, we're going to discuss student loan forgiveness here in the next couple of months, and we'll know whether we're going to do anything at all and what the plan is regarding student loans. They've now taken her side because, again, desperate people do desperate things. The party is in a state of desperation. So the party or the sect of the party that they've tried to shun and try to put into the corner and ignore and pretend that they weren't there, these aren't the droids you're looking for. With that mindset, they're now starting to take their advice because they don't know what else to do. They're losing the moderates. They're losing the independents. They're losing the libertarians. They're losing the middle of the road. And the desperation starting to make them panic. And when you panic, then you do irrational things. So, hey, AOC, we know we've been bad to you. What do you suggest? Forgiving student loans? All right, we'll take a look at that. We'll see what we can do. See if maybe that can boost our numbers before the midterm elections. Hey, what do you think of that? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Twenty-four minutes past the hour. Radio, TV, live streaming, and a podcasting. Got some. I got a message over the break saying Andy Elon Musk from South Africa, not South America. I thought that's what I had said, South Africa, because you know the whole apartheid issue and all the things going on there. I mean, yeah, that's what you focus. That was what you focused on during that whole monologue. Thank you very much. No, I I appreciate that comment. I, that's what I thought I had said. Apparently not, so I apologize for that. Am I fake news now? Is that is that it? You are fake news. Okay, thank you very much, Donald. So welcome back. All right, so we have now the Democrats are in a state of desperation that are starting to take advice from AOC because apparently the student loan forgiveness is now the number one issue we need to focus on. Biden doesn't take executive action on student loans and on climate. How do you think Democrats are headed into the midterms? Well, I mean, I think we have to ask ourselves what realistically are we accomplishing as a team and as a collective between now and November. And I think that the president has an extraordinary amount of options at his disposal that he has not yet exercised. And um, his ability to do that is is going to be critical. Uh, we see right now, folks may think that uh, that these are kind of independent swing voters that are contributing to his polling and, and whatnot. It's actually young people who have not really been served. Uh, their priorities were in BBB, which uh, Senator Manchin has essentially uh, stalled. And... You know, student loan debt and significant forgiveness of student loan debt is what the president can do to serve them. That's what he can do to serve. Now, remember, in their mind, they need each generation to have some type of big, we're going to do something for you. And my generation, the millennial generation, has not had that yet, which I say good because I don't want your crappy government program to take care of me. I'm going to figure it out myself. And I know a lot of people believe the same way. But to her, we haven't been served yet. Our biggest obstacle is student loans. And trust me, I get it. I'm a millennial. I'm 33 years old. I have $60,000 of student loan debt right now as we speak. I counted up before we got on the air, and I'm like 62 or something and some change. I am slowly paying it down. It's better than the 88 I had about, I don't know, eight years ago. So I'm, <laughs> I'm paying it down. I got a long ways to go, but I'm getting there. I took out the loan. I'm going to pay it back. Now, I will say this. What I will say, there are many things that we can do to make it easier for generations that are getting into education and going to higher education and taking out student loans, God forbid if they have to do so. There are many things that we can do rather than just saying, hey, uh, there's a multi-trillion dollar business in the federal government that we're just going to wipe clean and forget, which you know you can't do, because by spending money like that, that means we'd have to see tax increases all over the nation. So everybody would be subsidizing the near $4 trillion, whatever it's at now, uh, with student loan debt nationwide. But there are things that you can do. How about we actually hold universities accountable for the money that they do spend and actually make them run like an actual business? When enrollment's down, you don't just jack up tuition rates. 
just a thought. When you have a tenured professor that's doing a class, maybe instead of changing one line in a book, making it a new version, and charging $100 for that book, maybe you don't do something like that because that's really, really stupid. Here's another thing for you. Maybe you don't have to go through the first two years of your university classes again that's repeating all the stuff you just did in high school. Maybe if I want to go to college and major in whatever, you go right to that class 101. Not the, oh, that's cute, but for the, for the first two years, the first four semesters of your college, you're actually going to take a math again, and you're going to take English again, and you're going to take science again, and you're going to take history again. That's not what I went to college for. I did that my first two years. I never even got to my college stuff I wanted to major in because I was too busy doing that. And I said, you know what? This is not for me. To hell with this. I'm actually going to leave and go to a trade school and got into broadcasting. Went to a radio and TV broadcasting school. And here I am in radio trying to make it on the big screen. <laughs> if you know what I mean. So there's things you can do very easily to start make, making student loans less because the cost of college is less. We can also expand the trade schools. We can also start limiting the money going out from the athletic department. We can stop doing some really, really stupid stuff, but the reason they do it is because it's through the public dime. They get all these government grants. They don't care. They jack it up, and it causes a ruckus in the system, and then we're like, hey, it's too expensive no to go. Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program here, halfway through the show already. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. Welcome aboard. Thanks for hanging out today like you do every day, and we appreciate that very, very much. By the way, as a reminder for you, our newsletter coming out on Monday, I want to say. That's what I'm thinking. So sign up. Go to HoosierReason.com. When you see the pop-up come up and say, do you want to become a Hoosier-holic? You're like, yes, I do. Type in your email. Totally free. We'll get you our monthly blog and our civic holidays of the month and stuff we're doing with the show and with the network and all the good stuff that we're doing. So it's really cool. A lot of fun. Appreciate that very much. Jeff Brain, President CEO of Clout Hub. Not able to make contact with him yet. We'll get him on the show here in just a little bit or we'll reschedule him for another day, which is fine because we're on a roll here. Uh, because where are we going from here? I want to read you as they're talking now with the headlines from CNBC about student loan forgiveness in the nation, which is, again, a stupid idea. I mean, it doesn't even make any sense. How many people, if you've uh, paid your student loan, will you get money back? If you have public loans versus private loans, I made the dumb decision because the vast majority, I have, like I said, 62,000. 
11,000 of that is public, like through the Department of Education. The rest of them are private. So are you going to tell private businesses, hey, you can't be giving people student loans anymore. We're going to give money for them to pay those off as well and shut down these student loan companies. Is that what you're going to do and interfere with the private businesses? Probably not. So now you're only going to have government-subsidized loans actually forgiven that are going to raise taxes, while other people with private loans, which is the vast majority of mine, are still going to be lingering out there. None of this makes sense. It's completely stupid. And their idea is is that if you actually have more money with my generation, the, the young generation and beyond, that has a whole bunch of student loans, if you're not paying on the student loans for $500 a month, $1,000 a month, whatever it is, then you could be investing that into the economy, boosting the economy with the GDP and more consumer spending, and therefore we could get things back on track. My generation is one of the least generations to actually go out and purchase a home and start a family and do our own thing. Number one is because my generation, for whatever reason, doesn't seem to recognize themselves as adults until the age of 30. I've made fun of it. I completely understand why people are like, oh, my God, really? It's true. My generation does not recognize themselves to be, on average, the age of 30 to actually be an adult. It's because we've prolonged so many things with you know, getting a car, getting off your parents' health insurance, getting off your parents' car and auto insurance, actually wanting to buy a house because they've just kind of had it nice and luxurious and doing whatever they want to do. Now, again, that's a broad generalization. I obviously have not lived that luxurious life. I've busted my butt a long time, and I've had to pay my student loans while working and trying to make ends meet and do my thing because that's what I do. I never, ever, ever want to take a government handout for that stuff. I laughed when we got these child tax credit, uh, I mean, universal basic income, I mean, child tax credit t uh, paychecks that we got last year. And we put those in the account for the little one in a savings account because we're not going to use that. I don't want to be dependent on something like that. And it's only going to help her down the road if that's what we're going to do. I mean, even if the value of the dollars anywhere near what it needs to be for it to have any value by the time that she can actually use it. Because right now she's turning eight, and it's going to be a while. But while we're talking about student loan forgiveness, here's a couple headlines that just completely contradict this, which makes me really think, is this the direction that the Democrats are going to go? While they're open to the idea of desperation from the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez types and the AOCs and the B-squads and all the left-wing progressive socialists, while they're considering their platform to go more radical, what's going to happen with the rest of the Democrat Party, and will they actually go along with it? From Bloomberg, just a couple of days ago, Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer. Joe Manchin, by the way, again, the moderate Democrat that's been fighting the Build Back Better plan, that doesn't want the child tax credits, that doesn't want more spending, that doesn't want all this stuff. Supposedly, he's now considering a massive tax hike to try and cut the deficit for the federal government. Now... <laughs> If we have the moderate Democrat that's actually looking at a tax hike, which is supposed to be the moderate Democrat that's representing a state that went very strong to Donald Trump and Republicans in the last election, if you're proposing a tax hike, you're probably not going to do well. Just throwing that out there. But let's throw this into the mix. You're going to raise taxes to cut the deficit because obviously we spent way too much money during COVID with the three or four different stimulus payments, our child tax credits that went out to everybody. And I don't like to call them child tax credits because as long as you had kids, you qualified regardless of your level of income, you just got the check. If you weren't paying enough, they said that you had to make a certain amount of money in the originals to qualify for you to write your kids off on your taxes to make that certain threshold income-wise. They didn't have to do that for this. They just got a check. If you had kids, boom, you got the money, and it's got sent out to you every single month. 
So not a tax credit. Not sure why they actually call that that. But we've spent a lot of money lately. Now the billions and billions and billions of dollars that are going out to Ukraine to fight this war we're kind of not doing well financially, which shows with an 8.5% inflation rate and consumer spending going down. Now Joe Manchin says, we need to cut some of this, let's raise taxes, with Chuck Schumer, a radical left progressive. If we're raising taxes to cut the deficit that we have now, how in the world do you expect to write off $1.75 trillion of student loan debt that's across the nation? Does that make any sense to anybody? Now, according to AOC, we don't need congressional approval. Joe Biden can do it just on an executive order, sign the dot side on the dotted line, boom, it's done. She doesn't quite understand the politics behind the scenes. She's still a little green behind the ears, or she's such an ideologue that she's a purist, which is really true in a case, and doesn't care about the politics because she wants her progressive socialist agenda done. I seem to remember during the Trump administration when we had a candidate up there in Congress testifying to try and run the Department of Education, the questions that were being asked by the Democrats were not questions about education. What's your stance on certain curriculum? What's your stance on actually having you know school choice? What's your stance on having kids be able to learn X, Y, and Z? It wasn't any of that. The questions the Democrats were asking, the person that was going to be the head of the Department of Education was, hey, you ran a business that was like a million-dollar business. That's cool. But this head of this department, Department of Education, is really the head of a financial organization that handles multi-billions of dollars of funds for subsidies to universities and the student loan debt and this and that and the other. It's really whoever can handle large amounts of money as a financial institution because that's our priority. It's a moneymaker for the government. They can charge up to like 9% in interest rates. They can do all this ridiculous, stupid stuff, and they can charge that as a student loan and then get a whole lot of money from it. It's a money gimmick. For the government. And as we broke down before the break, we had, you know, things that we could actually do to cut costs of universities so where we could actually afford it out of pocket or we could take out a small student loan. But for the massive student loans that we have right now, it's completely absurd. They don't want to fix those issues down there. Be like, hey, I know that your enrollment like went down by a third. Maybe we should cut out this department because only five students are enrolled in it. No, no, no. We still need two professors that are making $200,000 a year and making all their books by people needing to buy it every semester and all this multi-millions of dollars worth of equipment. You need all that for the five students that are enrolled because, well, that's just healthy business transactions, right? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. We could clean out and we could shut down and we could actually minimize how universities run easily. That's why so many students are leaving and going to trade schools. But will Democrats get on board with student loan forgiveness when they're already talking about tax hikes? Now, I also want to throw into the mix that we're sitting on 8.5% inflation rates right now, and they're talking about raising your taxes while we're dealing with 8.5% inflation that's going to get into the double digits over the next couple of months. Here's another one for you. CNBC. GDP fell, not crew, fell. The GDP, the gross domestic product, fell by 1.4% pace since the start of the year as the pandemic recovery takes a hit. Of course, that's the <laughs> that's the media there. That's, that's not the truth. That's the media trying to explain it so that way it doesn't come back on the Biden administration. The pandemic still lingering in the economy, so the GDP fell by 1.4%. Gross domestic product fell by 1.4% for the first quarter of this year as analysts expected a 1% gain. Now, 
In government terminology, that would actually be a 2.4% reduction. Because just as they do with the federal budget, if a government program is expected to grow financially in their budget by 6%, and then we try to only grow it by 2% because it's really expensive, they go to the media and say that we're cutting it by 4 and that we're killing people in the streets. We're not letting it grow to the max potential. So under government terms and under progressive terminology, the GDP actually fell by 2.4% because they want to see the difference between what they wanted versus what it actually is. Declines in that investment, along with defense spending and record trade imbalance the weight on the growth. Consumer expenditures, here's the other fun part. Consumer expenditures rose by 2%, meaning you paid more. You spent 2.7% more than what you usually do. However, that came amid a 7.8% increase in prices. Now, if my calculations are correct, that would be a 5% reduction in spending, wouldn't it? You spent more money, but yet the prices were 8% higher, so therefore you really spent less, or you bought less things just with a little bit more money. You tried to increase your budget a tiny bit because you're a regular family that has a regular budget. You increased it a little bit to compensate to try and get as much as you possibly could, but overall prices were up near 8%, so you really spent on less things. So you're spending on less. The inflation is skyrocketing. The debt is increasing at the government, even though they're getting record tax revenue than ever before in the country. They want to do more expenditures to Ukraine with billions of dollars. They want to do a student loan forgiveness program. That's going to be almost $2 trillion. And then they're still talking about a tax increase on top of all the other devastating economic stuff that they have. I'm not an economic major. I never took an economics class in college. Uh, They said I was too dumb for that, but I understand that when you spend more money like that and you don't have as much coming or you have more coming in, but then you spend more and the inflation goes up and you have less of a value of the dollar, then things can tend to snowball downhill and hurt the hardest. Those that would be like us in the middle class and the upper middle class or the lower middle class, we would all be taking a massive hit. Even the higher end individuals, upper class, quote unquote, individuals are spending less money. But by golly, it's a great idea. The desperation continues on the left side of the aisle, and it really shows how lack of a policy or value or moral that they have and how they're destroying this nation. Be aware of all of this as we go into midterm election here in a few months. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. (laughs) Oh, man. Did you see this headline that came out today that the Food and Drug Administration is now working on a plan to ban menthol cigarettes in the general population? Now, I tell you. The stupid just continues. Again, if you do something, if you just do quote-unquote something, then you must feel better. Apparently, according to the FDA, they think that if you ban menthol cigarettes, then people will just stop smoking. They won't ban other cigarettes and regular cigarettes, just menthol cigarettes, and then boom. Like the menthol that tastes all minty and it'll hide the the cigarette flavor, the cigar flavor too there. If you have a, a menthol cigar as well, which I can't say that I've heard of a menthol cigar if so, I'm sure it's relatively cheap. I enjoy my cigars. And yeah, I don't know of a menthol-flavored cigar. But nonetheless, apparently if you smoke a minty cigarette and then those minty cigarettes are gone, poof, all of a sudden you'll just be like, oh, I don't want to smoke anymore. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me, but that's apparently what they're doing. The Food and Drug Administration are laying out a plan on Thursday to ban menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars. A move the agency says will reduce disease and deaths by taking products that have long-targeted young people and people of color off the market. Now, of course, there is a lashback saying that they are now going to criminalize more black people, apparently because I, I apparently minorities and black individuals smoke more menthol cigarettes than others. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I, I don't know. But I guess if you do want to play the race card, that would be a good way to do it for the Biden administration. Well done. You're now like criminalizing more African-Americans, minority populations that apparently like menthol cigarettes or something. Menthol is the addictive, uh, is the additive whose minty flavor not only distinguishes the harsh effects of smoking on one's lungs, but facilitates the more nicotine intake that makes it harder to quit. The FDA estimates that if menthol cigarettes are no longer sold in the U.S., Rates of smoking will go down 15% within 40 years, and up to 654,000 smoking-related deaths could be avoided over the next four decades, more than one-third of those preventable deaths being among black people. For about 85% of black smokers, menthols are their cigarettes of choice. Whoa. There you go. So banning menthols would stop people from smoking. This is the stupid crap that we're up against now. And you can't argue against this stuff because then if you say, wait a second, why don't you just ban all cigarettes trying to actually make a point? They're like, oh, you're just being sarcastic and you're taking things to the extreme. We would love to, but we can't do that. But we're just going to start with menthols. 
Wouldn't you think that if you can't get a menthol, you just get a different kind of cigarette or someone would make another flavored cigarette that's not minty but would be something else? I don't like mint. I like mint on its own. I don't like mint cigarettes and I don't like mint chocolate. Not that I smoke cigarettes anyways, but I don't like mint chocolate either. The peppermint patty stuff, nasty, nasty. I can't stand that. I like chocolate. Don't like chocolate and mint together. Doesn't work. I don't like it. If it's green chocolate, it's kind of nasty unless it's on St. Patrick's Day and it's still not minty then. It's just probably moldy. <laughs> See what it did there? Would this actually stop people from smoking? Would this be a quote-unquote racial attack if you tried to ban minty cigarettes and menthols in order to stop black individuals in the black population from smoking menthol cigarettes in, in an attempt to help stop smoking altogether? But would it actually have that result or would people just start smoking different kinds of cigarettes? It's an interesting concept, but again, the government just feels, apparently we haven't learned over the years and years and years, what are we on now, like 40 years now of trying to do the war on drugs? And I don't know if you've realized or not, drug use right now is at an all-time high with the economic strains that are going on, with the COVID isolation that we just went through for the last two years and the COVID pandemic, keeping people isolated, social distancing, keeping them away from their jobs, not being allowed to actually survive or do what they need to do. Drug use was at an all-time high. Crime rates were at an all-time high. That's with the continued ongoing war on drugs. Now, I'm not for legalizing everything under the sun. I think that's a really stupid idea as well. But we do have a bit of a weird crackdown on stuff just for control. And this is just an absurd, ridiculous, stupid ban just to feel like we've, quote-unquote, done something again. While we're going through the economic turmoils that we just talked about in the last segment, plus trying to put more regulation on here, are you sensing the desperation? Again, Democrats, you may want to cover yourselves a little bit, put on the jacket because the desperation's leaking out a little bit and exposing itself. But golly, man, people are angry. Heck, Lisa Murkowski may actually lose her position up in Alaska. She came out, according to Newsmax, and said that, well, you know what? Uh, if we want to go absolute down the line, always, always, 100%, never question, rubber stamp Republican, then I may not be reelected. It's not that we want just marching orders from the Republicans. It's that we want someone actually rational and not siding with Democrats on all the really important stuff like you have every single time, Lisa Murkowski. So get the hell out of here. I look forward to seeing you out of office by the end of this year. But, but people are angry. And people want to change. They don't want more government regulation, so get rid of your menthol ban crap. We don't want more spending, so get rid of your student loan forgiveness crap. We don't want more tax increases, so get out of here, Joe Manchin, your tax increases. We want to do something productive for the nation, and Democrats don't have the answer. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you tomorrow for Friday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.